buzzing up back on the street. Did my time, took my chances. Get out of here. Yeah. Welcome to Dragon's Cast, a podcast brought to you by Dakpack Alums. In this episode, Marshall Bill and I sit down with Coach Spiker to talk about new faces, recruiting, and the regular season schedule. This is the first of two parts of our chat. The second part will be published next week. But without further delay. What was your first impression, Calvin? Mm. Surely he said something inappropriate. <laughs> I, think he's, I think he's done a good job reading I think he's toned things down a little bit more. Cal's <laughs> um, right, good. I, I like him a lot. He's uh he's always putting the pressure on the recruits. Yeah. When you coming to drugs up? When you coming to drugs? <laughs> I love it. He's good. Uh he came in, he introduced himself. How long you been here, Cal? Uh 25, 30 years. <laughs> well then you're 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 in charge of this program. <laughs> Not me. I think we went to lunch. It was good. I like Cal. What's going on, man? When was the last time we talked? I think it was, did we do a was the, was the first one or did this time last year? I think so. And the first one that we had was preseason to last year. I thought we did one two years ago. I think it just feels like that. We only done this before. twice, and one was a mid-season. Maybe. One was mid-season yeah. after a loss, too, I believe. Wasn't it? Maybe. I don't remember it's losses the, anymore. Sally Guard makeup. I remember the first time... Uh, a good friend, Marshall, over there had a great shirt on. And since then, he's oh, refused yeah. to wear it. Oh, yeah. The, uh, Kelly Kapowski? Kelly Kapowski shirt. shirt. Why do you refuse to wear it? Because you made fun of me. <laughs> uh, the impact you have as a coach. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was August 17th, 2018. Yeah. There we go. Felt about right. Oh, there you go. Nice. Yeah. That's right before we went to Australia? Awesome. Uh, probably, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was definitely pre-even. Yeah, it was very early on. Not this late in the leading up to the season, yeah. probably. Such a strange time. Not strange, but like, you know, I'm just getting used to being in the quarters still. And everyone else is on campus yeah. doing stuff. You know, we had an offsite on Tuesday. We had a little offsite today, talking X's and O's and doing things. Still, still can tweak things. I think you, you, more often than not, what you're playing going in gets tweaked anyway, whether by performance and guys playing well in certain things or injuries or what's going on, what you need to do. So it's fun just to kind of not have those that stuff going on right now and really talk and look at different things and the depth of the roster and where it is. Wish we could have like a, we should throw the roster up on the big board and we all feel good yeah, about it. Sure. <laughs> Might be able to. It's probably possible. <laughs> um, all right. For our Patreon subscribers. <laughs> How many, are you on Patreon? We are on Patreon. We, uh, we opened up a bit just purely based on your recommendation last year. Did I do that? I was my sure. Yeah, it was uh, no way. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, None I think yet. we need you to start you know mentioning us during the post game. So <laughs> know this press conference sponsored by Always a Dragon. Uh-huh. All right, Dragons Cast. Dragons Cast. Dragons cast. <laughs> oh, you don't we don't mind you guys. You don't want to get band credit. Yeah, we don't. You don't mind. But you guys, you, you're all in the same selection, same same um, era, essentially. We all overlapped. At yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I didn't overlap with any of you guys. No, no. But, but me, Grant. us, and Dan. Yeah, uh, Dan's never been invited to one of these. He, we haven't done the interview with you with Dan. Mm-hmm. He has been on our podcast a couple of times, though. Yeah, but to be clear, we as a group have never decided to invite him. <laughs> <laughs> and we don't want you to turn us down. Keeping Dan at bay. <laughs> I like Dan. I like Dan. 
let those at conversations at a distance. Now, <laughs> <laughs> those can happen behind the scenes, and then you can write yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good content management, right? Yeah. Get get our group from different angles. Exactly. <laughs> right. But I don't know. Where do you want to start? I think there's a couple of things we have. Like, do you want to start with the new guys, the the departures, or you yeah. know, preference? Uh, I like to talk about new guys, not departures. <laughs> Let's go with new guys. Yeah, I'm not a big. Go guy ease into the departure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and out. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, TJ Bickerstaff is probably the easiest depart uh, arrival to talk about. Um, uh, because he's been here already. So TJ was here for our summer session. Um, as a When you have internationals, they have to be in a full-time workload, so you're not going to bring a guy in full-time in the summertime. Uh, Mati Okris, uh, Mati was, uh, and, and I think we're all going to get that pronunciation wrong until <laughs> he corrects us enough times. And then uh, between him and uh, Matej Juric and our team, the preferred uh, preferred names will be used. Hey, what are you going to go by? But, you got to uh, make sure you're yelling at the right one. Yeah, or they got to make sure they understand, right? Or <laughs> if they just both do everything right, it'll make it for a much simpler world. <laughs> uh, yeah. But TJ, uh, it was great to have him here for this summer. Uh, if if nothing alone, he gets room set up. Uh, he gets his bearings on campus. He knows what's going on when. Um, Knows his routine in the weight room. Knows his routine in the gym. Knows his pockets of time we can get in and do some work. TJ's really a worker. Uh, you know, TJ would put work in on the weekends on his own and come in. So, you know, I'm excited as much about TJ, uh, the person coming and impacting our program from a from a work ethic standpoint. Uh, I think he complements the guys we have. Um, and I think he's a legit 6'7 plus, maybe 6'8". Uh, and he's very athletic, and he's got a good feel, and he can make passes, um, and he, he's a good teammate. And, uh, you know, he's had success shooting the ball in high school, and uh, will have success shooting the ball in the collegiate level. Uh, I mean, he was, his family was at the tournament, right? They were at the tournament this year? Yeah, I think that speaks a little bit to, yeah. to, to the credit of, 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 the young, of TJ and his family. Like, they were done playing. Um, they had a great season, uh, but uh, they wanted to drive down to see, and, um, spent time with the guys, hanging out with us, and uh, came to the game. So um, he's very quickly jumped in and been all in as a as a family member, which has been great to have. Was he already committed at that point? Yeah, 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 yeah. He signed, and you know, both these guys signed early. Which, oh, right. Which I don't know. Um, certainly, the first two we've signed early here. But I think over time, if you look back, how many guys sign early as opposed to don't. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're still uh, trying to figure out the best practice in that area and what. What um, what that can look like, and so, but we were happy to get two in that timetable. Uh, we still have one right now that we're looking for 2019, believe it or not. But I think that window is closing pretty quickly, just from a timing standpoint. So then that puts us into you have 12 scholarship players, um, and then we'll have another one, and we could grab someone mid-year. Yeah. Um, if you look back at teams, sometimes you get a player that you know. Could you get him or not if it was at a different time of year? I don't know, but it allows you some flexibility. Maybe grab someone that other people wouldn't have access to. I think there was last year a guy transferring out of Bucknell midseason, and we are like, oh, if only we had an open scholarship, that would be the type of... Like, yeah, like a guy like Sestina or something like that. Yeah. I don't know who it was, but yeah. So it, it allows you some flexibility, and maybe you can do some different things in a different international rotation. Um you don't not happy about it one way or the other. It's just, you know, 13 
um, depending on all 13 are eligible, transfer, sit out, whatever it may be. Uh, we like our 12. I like our guys that are here a lot. I'm excited about them. And uh, so that's kind of how we're going about it. Um, the, the, the more unknown newcomer to everybody is, hey, we got this guy. I was joking with him. I was on the phone with him this morning. Everyone says we got, says we got this guy coming from Manchester, England. He's not from Manchester. He's from, what's it say on the website? He's from, I know you have it up there, Marshall. If you don't, you're not doing your job. Uh, he's from Serbia, isn't he? No, Hungary. No, he's from Hungary, yeah. Debrechen. Yeah, right? So he's from Hungary. And I, I joke with him. Everyone says, oh, we got this 6'5 wing from Manchester. <laughs> we don't. <laughs> we don't. Um, uh, so he played international ball this summer and uh, that was in the process we thought hey I want you to do that go over and do that to support that we did that with Tadis even after he played a year so um, he's been doing that uh, we saw him play in Greece I believe or Estonia this summer um, but because if he were here he'd have to take 12 credits you know, and we went to Australia last year and Matej Juric even from Canada still counts as international for him to go on that trip he had to take 12 full credits mm. He's a biology. He's a pre-med guy. He's going to be a doctor. So he wasn't taking super easy classes in the summertime. He was he was locked and loaded up through and even maybe doing homework on the trip. Wow. Um, you know, and I think he's proven to be a really solid piece. And, and you want guys like that. You want guys that don't get they, – they, they want to do those things. They want to do them. It's not like, golly, this, this stinks. i got to do this. Yeah, I'm sure it's, it stunk having asked him to do it. But how he reacted and handled it was – was admirable. Yeah. And speaks volumes to him. That kind of goes back to, I think, last time we talked with you, you really wanting coachable guys. That's that type of attitude. Yeah, and, and that's – I want to be careful how I say it because I, I've we've really enjoyed our, our time as a staff coaching Drexel basketball players. Um, I don't want to say that one group is uncoachable compared to the other. I just think as we move forward, we want to continue to try and find guys that um, fit the style of play. And in those areas. So it's not, we have a bunch of guys that were angry and uncoachable and hard to deal with. That's that's not what we're saying. We just, as we continue to add pieces and look to complement everybody, you look for guys that can pick things up and can play multiple positions. And um, something I've noticed and just talking, I feel like I've, I've migrated towards guys that are really good passers. I don't know if that was ever a, a thing in my mind, but like if you can pass, you've got vision. If you've got vision, you can defend and see things. You know, you've got a good feel for the game. You know, ultimately, you got to make shots. you got to be able to shoot it. If you have a good feel and you can do those things, that usually comes with a skill set that involves shooting as well or can develop into that. Yeah, well, and you I'm... want workers. You want grinders. You want workers. So and we're, in, we're, we're talking to you guys really in, in the guts of the deck right here in the belly of the beast, so to speak. It's just in our office suite. And Chris Zepko, our director of operation, our, our conference room, and, you know, right behind your head, Bill, is, you know, we're talking about guys we want, our kind of guys, we want workers, and a couple of names up there in red that are gym rats and grinders, and I just, no one knows how good they have a chance. How are you evaluating that? Because I feel like that's one of the things that's probably hardest to pick out. Like, if you go to the gym and you see somebody playing in the game, it's, it's a tough, lot different. Than- Recruiting is an inexact science as much as anything. You want to try and eliminate the guesswork. Or minimize it. So, you know, you get personality profile assessments, your phone calls, you're texting them, you're talking, see who they're following on Twitter, you know, see what they tweet, um, their social media activity level or what it's about or what they're doing. And and so it's, yeah, I think it's all of it. 
it's all of it that you kind of got to factor in. The other side, other side of that is too, is do you, you know, finished product or not? Let's help a young man grow too. So it's a, it's a fine line. You look at the makeup of your guys. Hey, we, we're here, here, here. Maybe we want to take, you know, a flyer in this direction or whatever it may be and go with it. Yeah. So that's, yeah, it's, it's hard. It's hard for a reason. I think it's obvious. You know, and the CAA is competitive, but at the same time, it's kind of, hey, where'd they get that guy? Where'd they get that guy? People want to know where we got our guys. It's because do everyone does their homework and you find guys that fit their niche and you go with it. I mean, the league had multiple NBA guys uh, this year. Whereas yeah. A-10 didn't have any, I don't think. Uh, a couple other higher leagues didn't need it. So um, is that something you can utilize in the recruiting is – no, selling that we are utilizing it. <laughs> Is that better answer? It. I yeah. mean, I think it was Big East one, right? And then those other conferences that you mentioned, all zero, right? Mm-hmm. And you'd look at there's some really good teams mm-hmm. in the AAC: Wichita, Cincinnati, Memphis. And I think if 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 I recall the data, I mean, it's zero. Like it was. The non-Power 5 schools had multiple bids. was the CAA, the Mountain West, which had Nevada and Wyoming player. And then you had the West Coast, which had two players from Gonzaga. That's if you want to call Gonzaga a non-Power 5. Yeah. They're a high-major program. Yeah, for sure. In a non-high-major conference. Um, so uh, I think that that's something that's – a, that's a big drum we got to bang as we're talking to guys, hey – you want to go against pros? You want to see how pros work? You want to work against them? You want to get better? When you push yourself in that area, you get better. We get better. Um, so, and honestly, I think that if you looked at most draft boards right now for just seniors, there's two more guys next year as well yeah. in our league. And yeah, I, think I agree that, with that. I think Grant Roller and Nathan Knight are, are just as much a pros prospects as the two guys who just left. Now, what kind of year do they have? Mm-hmm. What kind of draft is it? There's a lot of variables that can determine whether guys get drafted or not. And I think you can argue um, individually as a player, it may be better to go undrafted. Then you can kind of pick and manipulate the summer league team and depth so you can find hey, where I can best go. Um, but from a league standpoint, right? And so I don't, you always want to say, yeah, the guy can go in the draft. But like, um, I think those same coaches that we've talked to about draft league, they're also calling us to talk to us about our own players. Yeah. So um, current and incoming guys. So it's um, we're moving very much in that right direction. I, I, I'm really, we as a staff, we're really excited to get going. It's kind of like everyone else is, you know, doing these things, just go watch workouts or whatever, but yeah, go. Yeah. You know, we have the shortest preseason anyone in the league. Um, so when we get here, we got to be locked in and ready for it. Yeah. No. You mentioned the being drafted versus being able to pick where you go. It's one thing to be drafted. It's another thing to stay in the league, too. Yeah, you got to stick. If you can pick your situation and stick around that, it's probably better for the program saying, hey, this guy's actually still in the NBA a couple years in versus just being drafted and never actually. No doubt. You know, I think if you look at our league, though, our league, I mean, our league's got a good track record as well. Joe Chile. Uh, Devontae Kaycock already signed at least a two-way with the Lakers. So, I mean, even from Drexel, Damian still winning the NBA. Yep, yep. That's I mean, that's another good example for our conference. Yeah, and uh, you know, that's listen. The more people understand, I think we've got to really bang the drum of what this league is. I don't think many people know that stat 
yeah. that we're talking about. Yeah. Right? The only non-Power 5 conference. There's only three of them. Mm-hmm. CAA is one of them. Gonzaga is in one. And then you had Nevada who had an elite year. And Wyoming had a special player. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of basketball in between around, you know, that the leagues aren't doing that. Yeah. So I think we've got to find a way to... I think our league is beginning to promote it, and we got to be able to help do that. So hopefully, with our, um, you know, the help of Flow Sports, as well as the CBS TV package, I think that that's something that, hey man, this is all about educating people and giving them exposure to our program and realizing the exposure they can get by coming here and being successful. They'll find you. I mean, the days of having to, you know, I think the fad of, you know transferring or whatever is certainly more than a trend but there's also look at players in the nba and where they're from and you can make that argument for guys that would steph curry have the start or be successful in the nba i think he'd be a really good player in the nba no matter what his college career was like um but he played a lot of games and a lot of experience that if he was at a different type of program let's say he went to michigan state instead he misses a couple blockouts there's another guy. That's just an example. You know, some guys just physically, C.J. McCollum was at Lehigh, right? He's from Ohio. If he went to Ohio State, they didn't recruit him for a reason because he was too small, too thin, or whatever, but clearly he could play at that level. Mm-hmm. They beat Duke. He was the best player on the floor. Um, so I, I just, there's a lot of guys, they find you, right? The pros go to the Washington area to see Washington State, Seattle, whatever's going on. But then they all found their way to go to Weber State to see Damian Lillard. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Do what you're capable of. Keep your head down and work. They find you. Right? And I think Philly is a great location for that because guys are in town to see. You see a lot of schools, a lot of players quickly. Yeah. How do you, or I guess coming from Army to Drexel, has there been more of those connections that you've been making at Drexel or did those exist for you at Army. What do you, what do you mean? Like Sorry. those connections of people like coming to see guys in either the conference you were in or on your teams. Yeah, I, I think, you know, when we were in the, in the Patriot League, at that point it was McCollum and Scala. Mm-hmm. A lot of people were going to watch those guys. But, um, again, I think coaches evaluate talent and go look, and, and they do their own homework. I mean, the Sixers have been in our gym every year, mm-hmm. and they stop. Rod Baker and a couple other guys make a point to, to evaluate, not just – show face and yeah I stop by and check a box they're there they do their homework mm-hmm. and uh, you know, Alex Klein is a Philly native and doing stuff with New Orleans right now but always does his homework and um, that's we want to continue for them to be in the gym yeah. and uh, you know, I'm excited they will be so it's it's the it's the work that guys put in to put themselves in that situation and so we want to do everything we can to help them speaking of Sixers in the gym Last season, I think mid-season, we forgot to ask you about uh, the Ben Simmons, Kendall Jenner at the DAC <laughs> game. Was that something you realized had happened? I had no idea. No, there wasn't. Like, would you guys be at a little bit? Con- would you be a little bit concerned if I did know that was going on during the game? I think so. Thank Make you. Sure. <laughs> right, like you, like ran over there and took a selfie. <laughs> right, like, right, like mid-game. Get paid to win games and develop these guys as young men, not like. We get well, like if you have like the walk on at the end of the bench, like maybe yeah. they like he better be locked in. I didn't hear a word about that during the game. <laughs> good, good. I can't. The credibility of our we just lost our one Patreon subscriber. Right? <laughs> no, uh, no, I, I no, I think it was home late at night, like on the couch. My wife, hey, did you know? Yeah. 
Yeah. Like, what are you looking at? Did yeah. you know it wasn't Ben Simmons? Did you know Kendall? Like, <laughs> it was, you know, Kendall was at the game or yeah. whoever it was. Yeah. Is it Kardashian or Jenner? I don't even know which. which Jenner. It's a Jenner. Yeah. It's a Jenner. But uh, it was it was very surprising. I think we had a, a, a cork mouse came to a couple of games. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, I mean, there was an obvious connection yeah. there. And yeah. TJ. T- DJ McConnell was at the same game. He was sitting behind us, and we didn't no even one, know. Yeah. <laughs> no one, no one. Yeah. TJ's brother um, played at Robert Morris. TJ's dad was um, a, a decent influence in my life growing up, going to the same camp in Waynesburg, Pennsylvania. And he was a very, very good high school coach in Pittsburgh. And uh, so that was – I, I kind of laughed at that. Like, I made a big deal. Like, well, there's, there's another guy here too. <laughs> No, no one talks about him. So. I feel like it was like John Stockton on the Dream Team. Like, just nobody even noticed him. <laughs> ben Simmons is 6'10". Yeah. You can't miss him. You know, yeah. TJ McConnell is like a regular, yeah. regular Joe in the yeah, yeah. crowd. Wearing, wearing glasses. Yeah, yeah. wearing glasses. Yeah. <laughs> Played into it a little bit, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Yeah, that was. I thought that was, a, you know, those fall Saturday games I love. I yeah. look back to, you know, I thought UMBC was primed for a crowd like that. Uh, certainly we didn't play as well in the second half. Uh, the kid Jackson, best player in the building at that moment, unfortunately. Uh, I thought, uh, you know, two years ago, Ryder, I thought there was, you know, I, I like those fall Saturday games. I think they got some juice. Yeah. Uh, I think we'll have a number of them this year. If you look at the schedule, uh, LaSalle will be one, obviously. It'll be a great uh, environment, I hope, and, and we'll have some others as well. So, um, but no, to answer your question, did I know that was going on? No. Good. I did not. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> How do you feel about this year's schedule? Is it what you wanted? Uh, uh, you know, it, scheduling is a, is a is a beast. That's a uh, that's a that's a full time job in itself. So uh, I don't know if it's ever what we wanted. You, you, the the trend in college basketball right now is so much of a uh, you got to do these multi MTE multiple team events and can you get three games it only counts as one of the schedule and numbers and different things and NCAA is trying to clean that up but um, it gives us us flexibility that you get to play maybe a higher level um, program in a neutral site you know that's where we beat Houston we got Houston on neutral site we played well we took care of business we also played pretty well against Mercer and we're in a dogfight that I think we should have won against Drake, honestly. Um, but if we played each of those schools at their places, it would be a different outcome, as it would be if they played at our place. Mm-hmm. Right? So um, so you try and do events where you can go in destinations, but in between those years, um, you know, we tried to do a couple, and we were very close to doing some, some pretty exotic destinations, although I, we could have also been hit with a tornado issue again, believe it or not. But... Um, this year we're doing one where it is different locations. So I think we did that our first year. We went to Rutgers, we went to Niagara, and now it's Rutgers and Niagara, and another one ironically. And then we have Stephen F. Austin and Bryant coming to us. So hard to get home games um, in the fall. So I like the number. I mean, how many home games do we have? We have Niagara, we have Abilene. Those are two home games right there. Abilene went to the tournament, so. Um, you know, I, from a from a basketball fan, I don't know if I love the name or whatever, but you're playing a team went to the tournament and had some success, and they're coming to us. Um, I like it. Uh, uh, who's the other one? UMBC, Princeton, LaSalle. I think those are all those are those are good games. Um, and then South Florida, and then the Atlantic City event is kind of a one-off. We'll go there right before the holiday. You know, it might be a might be a Dak Pack 
special. Yeah. Um, maybe we do this, the, the, the mid-year podcast Saturday night after that, maybe. At the craft table. <laughs> <laughs> roulette. I don't think much roulette. <laughs> um, so I, I like it. Um, I'm always picky, though, and that I would I would want it to be better. I know next year we're already going to the Bahamas, and there'll be some good teams in that team like Toledo. Um, that's that's one well, and then you know I, I like challenging guys. You know, I, believe it or not, on vacation this year when it was raining outside, uh, our kids found a DVD I had, and it was the Dawn of the Dragon, 2006, 2007. <laughs> so they went down and watched it, and they're like experts on it now. And I was like, but just curious, how was that rated? You know, I was thinking like, is that like that brew was mic'd up? I was like, oh man. But uh, no, it was great. But uh, they come out talking about the, the Cretans, the Syracuse, Nova. Yeah. So, you know, I'd love to get um, to where we're playing some games like that, but also getting two or three games at those schools. I just think it's, I think our guys like it. I think everyone likes it. And, uh, Honestly, I remember being an assistant coach at Cornell. We got Duke on the schedule, and it was like, it just took a level of, hey, we got Duke coming. And it was like, he practices, everything goes up. So I think we want to continue to improve it. Um, but it is not an easy thing uh, outside of getting a young man to commit and recruiting and getting people to commit to play. It seems and, like the last... And it's a compliment to the DAC. Yeah. Right? Getting people to get in the DAC, mm-hmm. like, words out. It's a, it can be a snake pit, and it can be difficult to play at. And, uh, you know, so people haven't wanted to come to that. I know you guys have known that's always been an issue. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, that always will be. And some days that's good. Some days, hey, do you have to go to somebody twice for them to come here? Maybe. You know, we can think and talk about that, too. Getting, like, say, like Duke or someone on the schedule, is it just a matter of um, – scheduling with them or is it you're trying to wait till you have a team that you feel like and yeah I think get to that some point. of each some of each you, I mean you schedule games to win them you schedule games to go out and prepare you to be ready for also being at our best in league play you know and you look at and there's there's a little bit of a science to it you know a quarter um, you know first second quartile what's the word I'm trying to think I can't think of it. quadrant excuse me you know a quadrant one win on the road I mean those are huge I think we had one of those, maybe at Charleston. Um, you lose one. So there's quadrants one and two. You want to get as many as you can. And then you look at Belmont's schedule. They'll load it up on quadrant four in their league. And they played a couple twos and maybe a one. And that puts them in a tournament. Is that why they got in? I, you know, they earned it. They deserved it. So and you can schedule that way sometimes. I think you, you want to schedule that if you have success through your league, that you're in a position to win a game in the tournament, right? And that's usually a 12 seed. Now, yeah. I think the gap has changed. Obviously, 16-1, that was close to a perfect game, and that can happen. But 12-5 always happens. And I feel like 13-4 is happening on a slightly more regular basis. Um, you guys can fact-check me on that. But, um, <laughs> you know, you want to position yourself that you're in chance to win a game in the tournament yeah. you know, if you navigate the waters of the CAA. And the CAA schedule presents and helps as well for the most part it seems from the outsider perspective that those bigger schools have their eyes on the mid-majors and when the mid-major gets to that level where they might beat that bigger school then the bigger school won't schedule them. they stick and move and they go somewhere else yeah yeah i mean that, that's true I and mean, there's a lot of things that are trending or going that you know can be of concern is uh i think power five schools are looking to do a 20 team conference schedule well, why are they doing that? They're doing that because they realize that when they 
they all go against each other. Their RPIs, not RPI, their net now, right? Yeah. That does better for their net than it does to play out a conference against uh, Quadrant 3 or Quadrant 14. So mm-hmm. they're kind of um, quietly, I think, but circling wagon and let's just focus on us and then it gives us fewer chances to get in to get that q1 win right so which is you got to be on the lookout to do it in those mte events right those multiple team events where it's a neutral site and you get houston whether it's in the virgin islands or lynchburg virginia yeah better than playing at houston do you think there's room for the NCAA to kind of step in and reward teams for having diversity in their schedule Uh, i think they're trying to i think they're trying i mean the net is not a the net was a device. It wasn't the end all be all. If it was end all be all, then any of us could be on a committee and just go right down through it. Mm-hmm. They still want to go. They want the ability to go off script and go rogue and, you know. Could the eighth seed in the ACC over there. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I think, <laughs> you know, major. you know, the reality is, you know, if they want to be able to justify a feel good <laughs> team or story, you know, they want to be able to do it. Mm-hmm. And then we look at the numbers and say, oh, that's why. Is that really why? I, I, I don't know. But um, I think they. There's a reason everyone wants to be on that committee. They want to have the opportunity to put the field together. I think they've done a great job for the most part, but every now and then you look at things like you wonder how teams got in. There are a couple of years I think we think they did a pretty poor job. I would <laughs> and, and listen, wasn't here. Yeah. But uh, there was a twenty game win streak. Twenty game win streak, most of that in the league that like you can't do anymore. Yeah. Did everything you could. I think that in my opinion, uh Drexel should have been a tournament at least once, if not twice, um, in the past, what would be, 10, 12 years? Yeah. That's what I would say. The 06, 07, what's the other team? Uh, 11, 12. 11, 12, 12 yeah. yeah. Right? I mean, should have been. Yeah. You know, I look at the numbers and you break them down. That's why when you start to analyze things as a staff, that Monday after the tournament, we're, we're comparing everything, okay, to help us do things. You look at those teams in the NIT just as much as you did in LA. Right, because Drexel got a job done on them doesn't mean what they did was it, it wasn't their fault. That's a that's human error, uh, and it was it was done wrong. And as far as I'm concerned, you know I'd love to have the opportunity to say, you know, we're excited to make this trip, and this this is for you know this should be our third one, even though it's our first. This should be our third. I would love to pay that respect to those groups. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, and we will when that happens. Thank you for listening. Tune in next week for the second part of our chat. And in the meantime, you can find us on Twitter, where we are underscore DragonsCast, or on Instagram, where we are just DragonsCast. You can also visit our website at www.dragonscast.com anytime for more information.